0: What's up everybody, it's Pastor Maxwell again. Sometimes you know about I just say pass on bringing the smoke, cause we always on some controversial stuff. <laughs> cause we really be bringing that smoke. But anyway, I'm in here with a very sanctified, holy bishop. <laughs> so we gonna be good today. <laughs> anyway, I'm in with Bishop Tyrell Brown, man great man of God, passes down in Richmond. So we called him while I was in Orlando because both of us be kind of busy. So I said, man, let me lock him down while I can, man. Introduce yourself, sir.
1: Man, it's good to be here. I'm Bishop Tyrell Brown, pastor of Morningstar Baptist Church in Richmond, Virginia and Village Hope in Villa Jehovah, Atlanta, Georgia. I'm happy that you invited me. It's good to be here. Man, it's all got two
0: churches. I said it's so chill. That Village of Hope in, in the ATL. See, but anyway, man, it's, it's just great to have you here, man. We, I want to jump right into your book, man, mm-hmm. because that subject is already just smoking. You know what I'm saying? Man, tell us about your book, man. I, I, I got, We gotta talk about this book.
1: I've been blessed to write five books, but this is my favorite one because it helps people. I did my dissertation at Virginia at Lynchburg, How to Handle and Overcome Conflict in the Church. Man, let me tell you something. You can
0: overcome conflict in the church, you going to overcome conflict anyway. Yeah. Because ain't nothing like church conflict. Everybody thank God and they said, the Lord told me to tell you. And you the pastor. Yeah. How you going to tell me what the Lord told you about the church when I'm supposed to be the one that here. But anyway, go ahead, man. What, tell us, what, what's, how,
1: how, how is it? Well, let me give you the back and forth. I took over Morningstar Baptist Church uh, in 2006. They had 172 people going for the church. I get the church. My predecessor, unfortunately, left on bad terms. So they went three years without a pastor, from 03 to 06. I get there, and, you know, when a church don't have a pastor, stuff is out of joint, disconnected, have five deacons over 80. God bless all of them. But I realized that I had a lot of work to do. And one, uh, and we know this is no slight to any church, we know that when there's no pastor, the deacons get control of everything. And so, what I had to do, I had to actually prioritize how to fix things. School teach you Satanology, demonology, theology, anthropology, justification, regeneration, but they don't teach you Negroology. Reverend.
0: Negroology. What's Negroology? I'm going to tell you something. You just I done heard, heard some white too <laughs> that ain't good too. So, I'm just going to say some, some Caucasianology. Because, I mean, when we argue, yeah. a lot of times when you deal with the church, we don't deal with like lawyers and. High profile people a lot of signs in our church, man. I mean, when they deal with stuff, man, oh, yeah. they got lawyers, they be, man, man. But go ahead, tell us about this Negroology because it's still a hard ology
1: to crack. <laughs> well, yeah, and what happened was they were, we were a meeting-driven church, Jesus. special right. call in church meeting. And I noticed that every church meeting, it would take me a month to calm everybody back down. So the Lord spoke to me and said, start an 8 o'clock service. So Easter was in April that year. I announced it in September that we was going to start an 8 o'clock service. And so we we get to Easter. We started. The church is growing. The church is moving. Now leaders are not as important because the new people coming don't know them. Reverend. They don't know them no more. And so just little things. This is the deacon seat. This is a deacon's meeting. I had to change the terminology. We don't say bylaws, we say Bible. We don't say deacon board, boards beat people. We say deacon's ministry. And so we had to change just the atmosphere of the church. And so I did my dissertation, how to handle overcome conflict in the church. And as examples- They get on
0: this Negro nerd so bad. They didn't write a book.
1: Oh, this is just-
0: (laughs) That book was birthed out of that. I'm telling you,
1: go ahead. But let let me say this. (laughs) this was in 09 when i wrote the first edition yeah so we've been long gone for that we haven't had a meeting since december 14th of 07. we actually voted voting out of the church we don't vote no more we don't do none of those things a lot of those things keeps the pastor handcuffed because he heard from the lord but now he got to ask the joint board and the board for permission to do what God told him to do. And so once we did that, got rid of all the voting and changed the bylaws. For example, the bylaws said, Jesus, congregation, deacons and trustees, pastor. I said, that's not even biblical, y'all. It's Jesus Christ, pastor, the leaders that the pastor picks, then the congregation. And not that you're trying to be a dictator, but you have to have the freedom to do things. Because you gotta have ask for permission all the time. You know, you can't get people to see it. And so once we change the terminology, stop the voting, stopped the church meetings, mornings started beginning to grow. Started going out, helping the community, feeding the home, doing all these things. But this book has literally got me all around the world, Pastor. This book has. Because a lot of pastors face conflict and they just don't know how to overcome it. And one thing about church folks not every church the way our church used to be people want power see the funny thing
0: about it is there is no power yeah see god has the power he lends us his authority yeah and the authority you say it goes to the pastor the pastor the apostles back in biblical days they picked the deacons that they needed because they didn't have enough time to preach yeah. and, 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 and serve the food because the Hellenistic Jews were upset because they felt like they weren't getting served like the other people were getting served. You know how you go to a restaurant oh, yeah. and somebody a little lighter than you, you know, you know I, I know you light-skinned, but you know what I mean, lighter than you, too. You know, they get served a little quicker of than course. you and you got there first and you like, what? And so, made reservations. Right, and so that's yeah. So that's Exactly. So that's how they felt. So they had them to wait the table. So my thing is you don't pick anybody to be in authority, you know over you as far as when you're choosing that so i i mean i'm glad you we stopped doing we still do with me we said we did have one meeting a year unless i deem it necessary to have something like we always vote on the budget because my thing is i want you to know where your money going oh yeah i mean how you invested so we, we we still keep that so every year we have our budget meeting. When I got there, we had a meeting every other month, man. Yeah, yeah, and we it was crazy quarter, though, yeah, Doc. Yeah. So look, I be praying like my yeah. first meeting. Look, I had, just got that, dude. Yeah, I got yeah. that. Oh, we had our first meeting in September, right? I'm praying in the spirit all day. I'm like, man, why I'm praying in the spirit? I'm praying more in the spirit than when I'm been getting ready to preach. Man, I went not that church come. I only been there a month though, bro. I only been there a month. Yeah, yeah. I get there, these jokers fussing about stuff. They fussing. About, I just got here. Yeah, Ain't nowhere yeah. in the world. I did this stuff. Yeah. But some of them people were mad at the other pastor. Oh yeah, yeah. and oh, yeah. I had to have a meet with them. Yeah. Like two <laughs> months down the road, because you know how somebody be talking about you so. Then they 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 believe it so much, you like, did I do it? Yeah. Right. I just got here though. Yeah. And I met with her and a deacon and she was like, Oh, that wasn't you. That was the other pastor. Oh, yeah. But so be, but either way it goes, man, like you said, they, they try to handcuff the pastor because a lot of times everybody wants the power fighting over something that don't even exist. Because yeah. the authority is lended by God and is given right to the undership of the church, man. So I, man, I'm, I'm glad. Man, they they gonna have to, y'all, y'all need to get this book. Oh yeah. If you are a pastor dealing with conflict, and you definitely need to get. It. I mean, mine, my leadership, growth, the power, and the pain. It touches on that. And mine was birthed out of some of that pain I got through through leading. So for you to tell them how to handle conflict, like who, who, like when you write in this book, what
1: what conflict are you dealing with? Like who, deacons, trustees, members, like what? Well, we had to go all the way back to the basics. And we had to start with the leaders. What is a leader? Reverend. I'll give you a perfect example. Went to a deacon's meeting. They said, Reverend, this is a deacon's meeting. I said, hold on, hold on. I'm the head coach and y'all the assistant coaches. If the head coach and assistant coaches don't meet, we're not going to have a good game plan. Then the church began to grow. Deacon came and he said, brother pastor, you preach good, but I got one problem with you. I said, what's wrong? He said, you're bringing street people to church. I said, deacon, we're reaching the law. You're going to have unwed Man. mothers. You're going to have brothers get out of prison. No then another deacon came to me and said, Pastor, uh, I got you preach, good, but I got a little problem with you. you soliciting. I said, no, deacon, I'm evangelizing. So we had to go all the way back to the base. And, and let me share this. This is not every church, but most churches, people are in leadership sometimes, not because they're spiritual, it's because they've just been there a long time. And so now the new pastor come, and he was looking around like, this the chairman? Oh, my goodness. We got to go back to the— I had another deacon said he couldn't drive at night. I said, if you're going to be a deacon, you got to be a Bible study. But church meeting, he'd be in the parking lot 30 minutes before the meeting. So we had to change our focus. I had to go all the way back to the basics. What is a leader? What is a deacon? This is what a pastor is. Another time. And thank God we don't go through this. No more. I had smile at this. I said, I want to have Brother So-and-So be a deacon. Rev, he ain't been in church long though. He ain't old enough. Hold on. When you read Acts 6 and 1 Timothy 3, it says nothing about the age of a deacon. So we got to be biblical in our approach. And once we had to go through that and um, do some funerals, the whole mindset. <laughs> you you, you did see that
0: shit. people <laughs> I'm burying my problems. But go ahead, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm not saying it like that. You but know, God You is... didn't say it like that. But I'm just,
1: I'm just translating. Yeah, has a way of. <laughs> I'm just uh, interpreting what you're telling me. He has a way of making it happen. Yeah and, yeah, 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 and I can look back and laugh on it now. But those <laughs> he has a
0: friends, way making
1: that. He said, "God killed two <laughs> jokes." Go ahead. No, no don't do that. Don't Go do ahead, that. man. Don't do hey, that.
0: it's breathing smoke, man. Don't I just that. tell you that straight up. You saying it very diplomatically. You are doing a great job, but I just ain't gonna let you get away with it. Go I ahead.
1: <laughs> but God has a way of moving things out of your way, and as that mindset just begin to leave, we begin to grow. I'm going. Now I'm going back. This is not nothing recent. I'm going back to 07, or 09. But um, I had that firsthand. Here's the other part. I had moved from Baltimore. So here I am in Richmond, no family, didn't know anybody. And I'm going through all these changes. And my oldest daughter, she didn't know exactly, but she knew something was wrong. Because she kept saying, Dad, are you okay? And I said, this is why a lot of our young people, when they get of age, what do they do go to college and they gone so so the lord really is blessed we we are we are we are doing beautiful paid our building off uh we had own property in our area and god just it's like a whole nother church but uh, i tell pastors when you take over a church Read those bylaws. I'm telling you something. And get somebody else to read them. I'm telling you something. And get somebody else to read them. They're best friends. I, I
0: read bylaw before I took the to church. And yes. I said, I need the bylaws. They sent them. I read over them. I Oh, Lord. And, you know, I was going to be on a year of probation, which I ended up being. And so I told them they was on a year of probation, too. I said, Within a year,
1: <laughs> we, we don't change these up. bylaws oh, yeah.
0: a certain way, then I'm going to be gone. Yeah, And when it came to that day, it was funny, man. So when we had, back in the day, we to change the bylaws, you had to present what you wanted to change. 30 days before. And then the next time, the next meeting you got, you change them. So I presented all the bylaws that I wanted to change in May. May. So then we went to go vote in July and I said, oh, I forgot one, so I need to present this. So then I was like, okay, we're going to meet in September. So the thing was, they were gonna install me. My physical installation happened exactly a year after I got called. I got so in August, August eighteenth, two thousand eleven, No, two thousand twelve. I was installed even though I was there for a year. For a year. And so I, I got them in front of the church and I said, "Hey, we got to do these bylaws." Yeah. Um, I know I I told y'all the same way. I was on a year of probation. You on a year of probation because certain bylaws they had changed. Why they didn't have a pass? They actually changed them right before they called uh, me yeah, there. Yeah. And so they yeah. had meetings. And you could say exactly, they were just trying to handcuff the yes pastor. sir. And so the, the funny thing about it is that, so July comes, so August comes, and said, oh, man, hold on, man, before y'all install me, let's move my installation back. Because yeah. if y'all give me money and gifts, I ain't giving it back. But if we don't change these bylaws, I'm going home. I'm catching that midnight train to Georgia. Gladys, I'm coming mm-hmm. to get some chicken and waffles. I still had my house, my one house that I didn't sell, so I'm like, the rental going to have to get out. I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm done. I'm ready to go. Yeah. So they were like, okay, the trustees got upset at yeah. me for saying I said that eight and eleven. Yeah. I said, why would you get upset for me being transparent? I'm being truthful. So anyway, they went ahead and installed me September, but I had called Rested Soul Bishop Leonard Smith. Man, I Leonard? called him oh, in. Yeah, friend, yeah, man, I called him in to run yeah. the meeting for me so I could yeah. have the least collateral damage as possible. Yeah. I had a had. I ain't even know this, Doc. He had already told them not to change the bylaws before they got a pastor. Well, that's what and I he had it because he was the moderator at the time and yeah. he was over it and he was telling them what they weren't supposed to do. He said, Doc, you know, he said, yeah. baby boy, let yeah. me tell you, Doc, I told them yeah. not to change them bylaws did it, did it anyway? before. So I got you, Doc. He drove down there. Stay in the hotel that night. I think, and man, man, that dude, my dude, man, that dude was friend, a great dude. Yes, sir. Tiffany and the family, man, I'm praying for y'all. I know it's been a while since he passed, man, but that dude was a soldier. A soldier. When I tell you, I ain't even know this dude. I just said, The Lord told me to ask you yeah. to run my meeting. And he said, And I ain't even know he had history with it. I ain't know what moderated it. First of all, when I started pastoring, I was a principal when God called me Jake's. Told me, oh, six months you gonna be passing. I ended up here. I ain't even applied for the job, son. Wow. And so, funny thing is, when I went to him, he said, "Yeah, man, I'm, I'm gonna do that for you, man. I ain't know him from Adam, man. You know, I'm. You know me, I'm an introvert. Eugene know me. I don't really talk to people that much. Like you call me more because I don't really. I'm learning how to talk to people a little more. Pulling you out of it. No, yeah, you're pulling me out. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Pulling me (laughs) out of it. But but that day I was trembling. I went to him, man, and he decided to do my bylaws. He he went over all the bylaws. He handled that jump one by one. And when I tell you, the voting was like 200 or something to three. And yep. it's funny how you talk about your deacons. You help save me. because Eugene, you know when I'm always talking about man. This deacon said this. I get it now. Yep. When you say you bringing street people, see see, so you. see, see, see yo 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 people talk like me, like bringing the smoke straight up. My deacon said, "Hey, the church growing too fast, yep. and too many people are getting saved." Yep. So he left, and they said, "What you say to him?" I said, "Bye." But now I get it. They ain't want the street people. Then you're right. They didn't feel important because yeah. the church was growing. Yeah. Now everybody didn't know their name. They know their
1: name. But as
0: the as the membership grows, you actually increase in authority if you submit it to oh, the yeah. authority that's over you. Anyway, go ahead, man. Talk because, about it. Because
1: Maxwell lights start coming, Brown lights start coming. Right. People that have your spirit, and then when people I come, like in, they just trying to get a word from the Lord. They ain't worrying about who in charge and who gonna yeah. moderate the meeting. And, and we, when a church this is this why no church should ever go any period of time without a pastor because stuff gets shifted out of hand, out all over the place. And I just thank God we were able to survive because you know, and and some guys don't survive when they try to change stuff. And and I thank God that we're able not to vote anymore. We're able just to have uh, great people. Once we got through all of that, people start coming from the east, the west, the north and the south. People start to come. And then people who had the right spirit that I could train from the beginning, because you know this, I'd rather take somebody who's not saved at all and train them in somebody who's been in church for 59 years. Because you can't change that.
0: man it was funny, on one of our episodes, uh, Dr. Riddick, Sherrod, no, Sherrod, Dr. Sherrod Riddick's son, Riddick, he, son he said, man, church is the only place that you got. It. You go in leadership and you can't bring your own team. Yeah. As a coach, yep. he said you were, go to a team, and you can keep some of the people if you want them for continuity, but you don't have to. He said, you just get rid of them. And then I let him know how John Maxwell, my illegitimate father... (laughs) See, my last name, Maxwell, and I wrote a book. So John Maxwell is actually my real father. (laughs) He's white and I'm black. I don't know what happened with the composition, but God is always able. So when you see Maxwell, Will and Maxwell, just know I have the same spirit of John Maxwell, and my book is going to help your life. All right? But anyway, what John Maxwell said... (laughs) (laughs) What John Maxwell would say is the first year he was there, he fired the lowest third of the people that weren't good. Then the second year, he fired the lowest third. The third year, he fired the lowest third. He said it so smooth like you talk. It took me a minute. To I got to the next chapter. and said, hold on. Let me go back here. That joke fired everybody. everybody. <laughs> he called, he did a third, and third, and third. Yeah. That's a hole. That's everything. Yeah. Three thirds is a whole. He fired every single person yeah. that yeah. worked there yeah. eventually because he knew he needed to get his spirit in there, his DNA. I'm like, wow, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Brother John, come home, Father. No, I'm just But anyway, seriously, though. Man, that your your book on company, you you you, you helped me with that one. Cause really the deacons, they really wanted ready-made Christians. Yeah. They want somebody to come from First Baptist yeah, yeah, Denver. Yeah, exactly. They want somebody to come from Gethsemane. Yeah. They don't want anybody to come from the street. You know they don't really want to be real features of men and women. That's they true. want somebody who already saved. Yeah. They want somebody who in their mind won't embarrass their church. They want somebody who already got a long skirt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and, and truth be told, a lot of people, can I tell you something scientifically? Yeah, uh, and, and, and 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 mathematically, uh, long skirts go up just like short ones. That is true. You know what I'm saying? That is true. I mean, it, it, you know, it's scientifically proven. That's true. That your skirt don't have to be short to go up. But they act like that's something about being saved. You know that's what I'm saying? True. And sometimes you can put on a tie and a suit and still be simple. What it happens is when you become a Christian, sometimes, not everybody, you learn how to mask your sins. Mm-hmm. You learn how to hide it more than other people can hide theirs. And truth, when we judging people, sometimes we judging people about stuff we doing. We just know how to hide out. You right. I mean, when you look at Trump, let's keep it real. It's a lot of racist people in politics. The reason why they didn't like Trump is. I ain't saying I voted for him like him either, but <laughs> they didn't like because he told the truth out loud. They wanted to be masked. They yeah. wanted to be silent. Yeah. And what we do is a lot of times we have these people walking in sin, walking in it, and we just silent and know how to hide it, man. Mm-hmm. And But we sit up there and judge these individuals coming here because they don't know how to hide their sin. So, hey, no, nah, we need some ready-made Christmas.
1: And, and what we did, too, yes, sir, what we did, we started doing block parties in our parking lot in Richmond. Uh, Broad Street, Hull Street, and Malothian Turnpike are the main arteries. Mm-hmm. And so Malothian, we're on the main street, we would do block parties, and then we would cook out, or then we'd do a tent revival. We took the church outside, and we'd do, God bless So, My father used to, when he passed in New Jersey, we would knock on doors. So now we got a whole new mindset of people coming, and I saw the church flip. I saw it right in front of my, I saw it flipping. And so now, uh, those people are leaders, got their families, and we just been blessed. But I tell any pastor, you gotta have patience. They didn't get like that overnight. They're not going. You're not going to change it overnight. Right. So a lot of pastors they want to come in and change this, change that, change this, change that. So you got to do small victories. That's why I announced in September for a Sunrise uh, for Resurrection Sunday. I gave myself six or seven months. Somebody said, "We gonna have breakfast." We gonna have breakfast. You know, food bring people to church. Hey, he said bring fishes and men. You got to have different dates. <laughs> and so uh, we've been blessed, and I- I'm thankful to Star. 17 years. We're like one big family, and, um, you know, so I try to help pastors. And now some of my sons and daughters in ministry are pastoring in different churches and riches. So it's been a blessing.
0: Man, that's good, man. I like that because out of be it grows. And see, what people understand, man, conflict is actually... Instantly- a, a great time to grow because if you don't have conflict, a lot of times you won't have any type of change. Mm-hmm. I mean, work equals, you know, you know, you got to have some type of friction. If you got a car with no tread on it, you, it, it won't go anywhere. There has yeah. to be some type of friction in order for work to happen. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at the church, you, you have the conflict, it's really opportunities for you to grow. So I'm yeah. just glad that you look at it like that and you're teaching people and teaching us you know how to handle, how to handle conflict, man, because it's going to come. It's going to come. Can I tell you something? If you're around somebody every day, I'm not saying they have to be a disrespectful argument. If you're around somebody every day or a lot of times and you never have a disagreement, then one of y'all fake. You're going to have a disagreement. One of you all fake. Now, I'm not saying you can have, like me and him going back and forth texting. We ain't arguing. But I'm like letting him know, dude, you sending me these all caps. <laughs> saying answer the phone but oh, I was in no, the meeting no, but I had no, told no, him no it's cool I had said hey man I sent a text to you it wasn't no argument but it was a disagreement a little bit but it wasn't no disagreement. never dis- came it through though oh, I saw he, you. I saw, he showed me yeah. but, but, but the thing about it was it wasn't no disrespectful thing yeah. but if you're around somebody all the time and never have a disagreement one That's of y'all fake. but that doesn't mean you have to be disrespectful when you yeah. disagree you know yeah. what I'm saying you know what I'm saying so all I'm saying is learn how to handle conflict get this book Get the leadership growth book. Learn how to handle conflict because you're going to have pain. The Bible says that he blesses you, right? He gives you, he said, I'll bless you a hundredfold in this lifetime. But what you're going to get? Persecutions. And so when the blessings come, you also get persecutions. But let me go back to this. When you said deacons run it, let me talk to the deacons out there. And I know bring the smoke, we, we, we talk about everything. And I know some of you all that watch bring the smoke, not say, but you still need to hear this because it's going to help you with business. It's going to help you with all your life. Look, Moses' hair turned white when he, re- when he saw the backside of God. His hair turned white, which means that took a toll on his body. That was a mantle God had ordained him to hold, yeah, right? Yeah. So think about you holding a mantle as a deacon, and you trying to hold a pastor mantle that you ain't supposed to hold. That's why some of y'all getting sick. Yeah. When you're trying to run these churches for so long, you wonder why your body keep breaking down because you're holding a mantle that's too heavy for you that your body wasn't made to hold. Yeah. All right? Moses had turned white. Sometimes we get stressed. Like when I got, I ain't had no gray hair. When I got here, I was 37. Within three weeks, I started getting gray hair right here. That's why I stopped growing. I just had a goatee. And then I ended up just having a mustache. I'm like, man, I ain't want to look gray that early. But church folk had made my hair gray. Why? Because I was holding a mantle that was heavy, but it's a mantle I'm supposed to hold. So when you're holding a mantle that's already heavy, that ain't designed for you, that you're not designed to hold, it will take a toll on your body. Stop trying to take over God's positions that are meant for somebody else just because you want attention. Stop using the church to do a cycle uh, to, to lift your self-esteem because you don't lead at a job or you don't lead at work. Yeah. Now you come to church yeah. and you try to usurp the authority because now you a deacon and you're trying to lead to, 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 to stroke your ego. Now I apologize the way I talk, because but you got the smooth guy here. Right. He going to say it in a nice way. I'm just going <laughs> to tell you, gut punch you and let you know. Stop trying to hold mantles that were never meant for you to hold because it will take a toll on your body.
1: Pastor, you just said something about taking toll on the body. Every leader, you have to get a stress buster. What are you saying? I have, my man cave. I have video games, pool table, ping pong table. That's my sanctuary. I go down there and get lost for two, three hours. Ain't got no white Hennessy? No, no, I got that. I got that. I got the brown. One. Cold, water. <laughs> cold water. Cold water. Cold. Water. No, I, got, I got that. But I had. He got get... no communion, doc. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, but, I, but for me, for me, video games, playing pool. You, got, I love sports, watching the game. You gotta get away from it. So many passages grinding, grinding, grinding. Man, so and so had a heart attack. So and so had a stroke. You gotta do it. My father, loving the life, he grinded all the time. Dad would preach, change his shirt drive the church van home. My mother said, you can't do that. And at the end, he started delegating. And you got to delegate. It holds people responsible. It holds people accountable. But every leader that's watching, get a stress buster, whether it's going playing golf, doing gardening, video games, do something that you can go away for three, four hours and come back. It helps you think better. And it gives you a mental break. You ever went to sleep and laid down for eight hours and woke up and still was tired because yeah. your brain was just going on like, right, right. I got to go here, I got to go to the hospital, I got to oh, see man. Deacon, I got to call. You're just going. You got to unplug. Right. You have to, even right. yesterday, a small unplug, have lunch with grandma. Just four hours, five hours of relaxing with my grandmother. No meetings, no plane to catch. Pastors, leaders, get a stress buster. Find something, invent something. Some people is walking, working out. Find something that you can go away for three, four hours, and then come back. It helps you think better. It helps you sleep better. It helps you look younger.
0: Yeah, and, and sometimes what you got to understand as well, man. You you, 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 man. You said something, man. Yeah. Oh I had my to learn God! That. You gotta take breaks, man. J- Jake, said that you know you if you going if you gonna work hard, you you gotta play hard. Yeah, And a lot of times, you're right, we just, don't, we just don't play hard. But, no, you said something. You said, I love him the life. Mm-hmm. And I like that because you use your words. And can I tell you something? God said that he forgives us of all of our sins, mm-hmm. right, except the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. But mm-hmm. he said, I will hold a record of everything you say because the power of life and death is in the power of your tongue. And you never know what type of calamity has happened in the world because of your speech. Have you ever said, man, I ain't seen so-and-so in a long time, and here they go? You understand? Because of your mind and your your tongue is so powerful. The same way God spoke the word into his and you can't. But let me know why you said love in the life instead of love in the death.
1: Love in the life because I'd say people, his spirit still lives. Uh, my father pastored uh, at a Baptist church, Minister to Baptist for six years. Then we became Pentecostal. And mm-hmm. so the sermons went from 30 minutes to over an hour. But uh, he just taught me a lot about being a man and overcoming, overcoming. So even though he's gone, the he asked for the body to be present with the Lord. Even though he's gone physically, his spirit still is. In fact, uh, we dedicate our fellowship hall to him. And it's an not So to that. Bless my mother. But uh, my father was 67 and seven months, seventh child of his mother and father. Married my mother on June the 7th, born on July the 7th, and died February the 7th. And so we know seven is the number of completion. Yeah, I see, man. That the, was something. That was wow. Really, that's that awesome. Really, yeah.
0: But I'm gonna I'm gonna take it a little further. But that's the band seven seven seven, man. Yeah. I'm a I'm gonna skip the sevens from now on. I don't want to love you. But anyway, but seriously though, when you when you it's the power of life. It isn't the power of your tongue. And a lot of times the devil tricks us into saying things that we shouldn't say. Loving the death. You speaking death. Yeah. The devil is legalistic. Mm-hmm. We down like four flat tires. Why you can't be up? You know yeah. what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? It's like we we begin to speak negative things. You know what I'm saying? Man, y'all going to make me lose my mind. Remember DMS kept saying yeah, that he it. lost his mind. You keep whatever you speak, that's what you can' going to get. That's true. Speak those things that be not as though they were. Whether it's life or whether it's death, that's what you're going to get. That's what you're going to get. So I love the way he said loving the life instead of loving the death. Because those negative words that you say, yeah. even though you don't mean anything by it, you're oh, yeah. speaking it out into the atmosphere and gives the devil a legal toehold in your life. So you got to be careful about your words. I mean, I even say it sometimes, but I rebuke it real quick. And I, you got to control yourself about who, who you around who you're around, too, man, because out of the bundle of the heart the mouth speak, but how does stuff get in your heart? Your eye gate, your ear gate. you got to be careful of who you're around and how they speak and how they talk. Because what they talk can affect what it is that you feel now the abundance of the heart and the mouth speak. If you keep hearing negativity from everybody, that's what you gonna speak. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. I need to hear somebody like this guy, like mm-hmm. this bishop, saying love and the life, telling me how to handle my conflict in a healthy way, telling me diplomatically <laughs> that God moved things. Instead of saying they killed him. But anyway. But it's just it's just you need to learn how to hang around people who can help sharpen you and take you to the next level. That's why I have people like this. Uh, gentlemen, this bishop on the show because I want to be able to sharpen my mind. I want to be able to get better. I want you all to be able to get better. And you need to understand whether you go to church or whether you don't go to church, you need to learn how to handle conflict. And like I said in the beginning, if you know how to handle church conflict, you can handle any conflict Hmm. because everybody in the church think the Lord told them something. So if you can handle the conflict of somebody who's convicted and think that the Lord has actually told them something that he has not, <laughs> you can be able to help your marriage. You will be able to help your business. You to help your real estate because anywhere you go, you're going to have conflict. So I believe that this translates not only um, into the, the, the kingdom world, but it also transfers into the secular world.
1: It's something you said, Pastor, because how many hands do we have? We have two hands. Yes. We have 10 fingers, we have two two feet, 10 toes, two eyes, two ears, two lips, two nostrils, but we have one tongue. Your tongue is the most powerful part of your body. If you're in a relationship and say, we're not gonna be together, guess what's gonna happen? You're not gonna be together. If you say, I'm always gonna be broke, I'm always gonna be in debt, guess what? You're gonna stay in debt. But you have the ability to speak things into existence. I have three daughters, my youngest daughter, Wanted to get a scholarship. I said, Joy, you're going to do it. She's a musician. Went to Georgia State. They told her, she said, Dad, I want to get a 100% scholarship. They gave her 75%. Went to Virginia State. They gave her 85%. Went to Virginia Union. Got 100%. She persevered. And I saw this 18-year-old's faith. She kept speaking it. Yeah. Graduated. They want, on oh, no money, they wanted to give her a check. Forever. I said, look at God. Look at God. I said, because you spoke it, Joy. Your faith on your level, you kept saying, I'ma get a hundred percent scholarship. Right. And I was on a plane with her to Georgia State, driving her everything. And she wound up getting it. So now that student loan is like a gorilla on our young people's back. Because yes. they get interest on it. Yeah. And then they make the parents sign for it. Yeah. So now the whole family dealing with it. Right. Yeah, so so when she got that boy. My chest was sticking out, I said, that's my daughter, right. Joy Simone Brown, 100. but she spoke it. Yes. She didn't say, I'm not going to get it, I'm going to be in debt like my friend said, "That I'm going to be debt free, I'm going to get hundred percent scholarship. So wherever you're at in your life, pastors, leaders, I'm going to show you something, I preached the praise in the park at the amphitheater, thousands of people there. I'm looking, Erica uh, Campbell, Tambla Man. Everybody on the side. I said, this is going to be a good message today. And they're going to call me back. I spoke it into existence. Spoke mm-hmm. it for a couple of years. Wherever you are, the promotion, the raise, healing for your body, speak it into existence. And you know how you fight the devil? When you speak the word to him. Right, right. Whatever you're dealing with, speak the word. If somebody get on your last nerve and you get these bad thoughts, I'm going to be angry and sin not. Speak the word. To your situation. And so even when we were going through this way back in 07, 08, 09, I would come and anoint the doorposts. I would come to the altar and speak into the spirit of the sanctuary. It's going to get better. And now they call me a conflictologist. I come to help people how to handle and overcome conflict. Man, get that's this what I'm book. talking about. It. Get that book. Yes, sir.
0: Conflictologist. Yes, sir. When you get that
1: book... Get go on his and buy too. this book. Buy that one, too. Both <laughs> hey, of them are going to bless
0: you. They will bless you. So, man, I think you are.
1: How do we get your book? You can call 804-233-7561. You can go to our uh, website, MorningstarBaptistofRVA.com. You can call the church. It's going to be on Amazon. It's going to be on Amazon June the 1st. It's going to be on Amazon June the 1st. Uh, whatever you do, call, we'll mail it to you, and uh, you need to get this. Even if you're not in the church, I deal with conflict in relationships, conflict in your finances, so we'll bless you on every level.
0: Amen. So, look, you hear it, get the book. We're going to put it on the screen because it sounds like a whole bunch of stuff you just said. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. we're going to we put it on the screen, man. Make sure you get your information to him. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you can get my book, Um, um You can order it through there, or you can email me at info at maxwell. Uh, no invoice, will it match with that or I'm about to give you the real estate. So anyway, um, plus it'll be on the screen. Man, thank you, Doc, man. Thank you. Man, appreciate it, man. Again, come, man, go ahead. And, I know you just ended, man. End it one more time, man. Shut it down. Lead, lead the people with a word of wisdom so we can get up out
1: of here. Listen, I want to help you. We walk by faith and not by sight. When people tell you that you can't, God will tell you that you can't. When people tell you you won't, speak it and say, I will. And whatever your destination is, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. You're going to make it. You're just going through a stressful storm right now. You're going through trials and tribulations right now. But in the end, you're going to win because you are more than a conqueror. Don't ever forget that. I'm more than a conqueror. God made me the head and not to tell I'm above and not beneath. Listen. Believe in God, trust in God, and walk with God in Jesus' name. Thank you for having us, sir. Thank you, man. Appreciate
0: you. Hey everybody, how you doing? In Touch Basketball is back. We did it big last year again. And we did it for the first time in a few years since the pandemic, we coming back again. And you know what? The sheriff's department and the police department gonna go head to head again. The community gonna go head to head again. I think the fire department's gonna play as well. So we're gonna make sure the first responders bring back the original in touch where they played each other. August the 4th, August the 4th is going down at the Denman Community Center. If you all can ball, Please get you some players together. Anybody in the community, you can be in Newport News, you can be from Hampton, we don't care where you're from. It's a Newport News event, but it's to bring the whole Hampton Roads community together to make sure we do what? Partner and build bridges with the police. We want to make sure the police know us, we know the police, and that we help them solve crimes to keep our neighborhood safe. We want to make sure we curate some great, positive interactions, and that's what we do with Inters Basketball. But at the end of the day, somebody gonna win somebody gonna lose are you a baller if you're a baller come on out if you're not come on out because you know what it's all about fun although i'm a sore loser so newbies grow get that team together because we better win hey everybody how you doing this book is a book I believe everyone should buy. Not just because I wrote it, but because this book was birthed out of pain. And you learn so much during those painful moments. This is called Leadership Growth, The Power and the Pain. You can't have the power unless you've been through the pain. Bishop Morton wrote the forward. It's been endorsed as well by our former governor, uh, Terry McCullough, and by our Newport News Sheriff, Sheriff Gabriel Morgan. I promise you this book will bless you. Please get it, not just for me, but to bless you. Go to willermaswell.org or click on the links below, and I promise you this book will bless you. If you don't just buy it for yourself, buy it for someone else. It's a short read, but it's a powerful read. I've been getting testimonies all across the country, and I promise you it will bless your life.